Welcome back to Make Your Show the Creators. I'm Jason Chichi. And I'm John Kramer. This episode features a writing hyphen producing hyphen directing duo who not only produce series and films, but have also created a very successful film series that focuses on building community. Kelsey Robert and Christina Rea are storytellers dedicated to representing diversity in web series, dramas, comedies, and horror stories. Instead of following a traditional I want to make it in Hollywood path, Christina and Kelsey have inspirational things to say about making your own path by creating a portfolio and connecting with their audience. By not waiting to be picked by the industry, they have amassed an impressive body of work as storytellers. Check out what they have to say. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks for um, well, Jason, um, you have a bit of an advantage here since you already know uh, Kelsey and Christina. It's very nice to meet both of you. Thanks um, for talking to us. Um, so I kind of feel like I'm not sure what Jason knows. I don't know anything besides what I've read on your websites, uh, which are very informative. Uh, and Kelsey, I especially <laughs> love your design where you uh, have the... Uh, the laurels for best uh, place to learn more about. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that too. Very love it. Um, how did you two meet Kelsey and Christina? Uh, we met in college. We met in a TV writing class um, 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago. My cat keeps wanting to be on screen. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Your cat's a lot more quiet than my dog is going to be if he gets involved. <laughs> Um, yes, we were, we were in a class together in college. Um, we met, we both went to school in the city and we, uh, just kind of, I think, connected on the first day. We recognized, I think, talent in each other and kind of a similar sense of humor. Uh, we both had to pitch on our very first day that it was a very heavily kind of pitching class. You, you would give, you would be given prompts and then get like five minutes to come up with a pitch. Um, and it started with day one, and I really liked what Kelsey pitched, and I remember saying that to her, and I think she liked that I liked her idea. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't like that? But also, I mean, Christina killed at that class. She was, like, the best at the class, so to have, like, the top of the class, I know it was, like, day one, but it was very clear <laughs> that you were going to continue to be, the, to be the best at the class. So to have that person be like, oh, I really liked your pitch, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, had you had classes in, in writing before? Anything like official? Uh, just one screenwriting class. It was, um, I think it was my, my sophomore year that we met. So I had taken just an intro to screenwriting class the semester before. And, I, but I had been writing since I was a kid. Um, and I started screenwriting very early, but wasn't writing them the right way you know like I was just sort of the, I didn't know the format or anything I was just writing kind of like as if it were a novel but in my mind it was a screenplay when I was in like middle school um so it had always been there and I really love tv I really loved the idea of show running and wanted to learn about that more and so I took this class and it feels like fate you know that that Kelsey and I met and we she wasn't studying film at that point. She wasn't really studying writing, but she was just such a good writer. Like the more we got into actual assignments where we had to read each other's pages and, and write uh, spec scripts, 
I just realized like she was a brilliant writer. And so we became friends, but we also recognized talent in each other and stayed in touch and kind of would get together for like lunches and dinners just to kind of chat and catch up. And eventually it wasn't until really 2012 that uh, I, I presented the idea of us working together with her as writer and me as director. And that was on our web series. Um, but it always kind of been in like the air that we were planning to do something together. The first time we worked together, actually, I was her uh, location scout. <laughs> That's right. It's, she had a, she worked at uh, this museum that was a really good location for a short that I was making, and I was like, "Hey, can you, you know?" I think my leg had awesome. a cameo. So. <laughs> yes, you have a cameo. The acting didn't stick, but. <laughs> the first. It, so, right, that, right. so that first uh, project you worked on, was that Kelsey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, tell us how that kind of came about and um, what the impetus was and um, why Kelsey didn't play Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> You've clearly never seen me act. Uh, <laughs> That's the short answer. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, it's it's been a while now like we've done so much work since it feels like so far away even i guess it wasn't that long ago but we were just catching up over lunch and i was newly single i think and like ready to mingle and it's just like the dating world was out of control and i was just like i guess it was the one story the pilot episode is really what what got um this whole web series going because i yeah, it was an encounter with a, a woman who just didn't know how to kiss. And, uh, you know, I had been single, I'm sorry, I was out of a relationship and like didn't really know it was weird or not. And I, I just remember her sucking my face and it hurt so bad. And I kept thinking, I think this is okay. I don't know. <laughs> so I told Christine about that story. And I think we like laughed about it, but you emailed me once you were home and you were like, you should write that. Yeah. Well, so it was tw 2012 and I was in pre-production for my first feature, right. but I had really started watching a lot of web series. Um, I had recently started watching Broad City and there really weren't many yet. Um, it was kind of when people were just starting to talk about them. And I, I was like, this would be, some something this felt like an avenue to kind of explore tv right tv writing build an audience but i wasn't really thinking about what it would be and if i my mind wasn't there yet because i was working on a feature um but i also had always wanted to make a show about a group of friends in new york city that looked like a group of friends in new york city um you know not just a bunch of white people because that's what we see on tv and um, obviously friends and also like how I met your mother and just this constant repetitive group of, of friends that look the same way and have a certain class status and my upbringing like I grew up mixed race and so like all of my friends were all these different kinds of people and queer people and like that is New York to me um, so that was just sort of percolating in my mind and then Emily uh, sorry Emily <laughs> Kelsey <laughs> told me this story um, and I was, was like, this is really funny, this should be a short. But then 
I thought about web series and was like, what if you wrote this as sort of a, a look into uh, the world, like New York City dating, but also we could kind of mix it with this friend idea. Um, and, and originally Kelsey wrote a few versions of it that I think we're like talking to the to the computer. That was the first iteration because that felt like maybe the easiest way if it was like, oh, she's just sort of video diarying. And I'm glad we didn't end up going that direction because that did sort of become like a go-to with web series when a lot of people would make them. And so we we ended up going in a very different direction, which was like Kelsey telling this story to her friends over and over and and what you see is different sections of the story based on who she's talking to and and their reactions and also kind of like the different way she emphasizes different parts of it based on who she's talking to which which is sort of it goes back to like the thing that I found funny about Kelsey's story was the way she told it to me it was it was not it was not the story in and of itself like yes that was a funny situation but it was her telling of it that I found really funny uh, and that was what I really wanted her to get at in the writing. Um, and then in terms of like casting, I just, Kelsey didn't want to pay, play herself, right? So that was really... Well, it wasn't really even, good. like I'm also terrible at naming, which I think has been an ongoing joke. Um, but finally we were like, we were getting to the end. We had all the scripts or we had a lot of them. And Christina's like, you need to name your character. Cause I guess at first I probably her name was Charisma. <laughs> That's a name I always really liked. Um, and I was like, well, what if it was just Christina? And Christina just looked at me and she was like, what if it's just Kelsey? <laughs> like, yeah. So the, the, the impetus for the show would just kind of, uh, it wasn't out of any sort of, oh, let's make a show so that I can show my work or let's make a show to feature me as an actor. It was just sort of happened organically. Yeah, I mean, we, we love stories, we love storytelling, we're writers, and it felt like a way to tell the story we wanted to tell uh, and just explore different, like different kinds of representation that we wanted to explore and to just like have fun and collaborate. Uh, and, and also I think there, the stakes were really low with web series at the time. So I think now you do have to have there is an expectation if you're going to go into that space because it is very oversaturated you do have to have like a real budget and you have to have a certain polish and it has to feel like you know the like the things that people are watching on their hulu app and on their hbo app and all the sort of other like web series right it needs to have that that feel to it um but we were able i think at that particular time where it was like broad city was really low quality right like they started out in, I, I feel like they were kind of the beginning of that wave and they were just like recording stuff on their phones with like okay you know audio but uh, that was sort of the standard of like what a web series could be and so I was like I want to be above that I want to go in the cinematic realm but we can make it on like five thousand dollars which is what we made it on you know it was ten episodes 72 minutes total and five thousand um, dollars and we could kind of like do the sort of like indie run and gun thing that we do with shorts, but still kind of be a, above what is the current standard right now in, in 2012. Um, and so really I made my feature in 2013 in January and Kelsey was on that, she was a script supervisor. And then 
like the moment I wrapped, I was like, okay, let's talk about Kelsey. <laughs> and uh, Kelsey started writing pages and then we were casting by May, April or May, I think. That's was so there um, uh, like an educational component? Did you guys like learn so much on your feet doing that show? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard to even like sort of come up with a short answer because there was so much we learned um, across the board, like it would, because it was so much, specifically with Kelsey, we were working with an ensemble of actors and having, so I had done a few shorts and then I did a feature that was just like all on location. Everyone was in one, lo one place. We were all living there and shooting there for two weeks and it was a one location shoot. So it was just hard, but also easy in certain ways and very similar to how I had done shorts, but Kelsey was like all over the place. We every episode would have, you know, at least three locations because she's telling a story in different spaces. Um, and so it was a real kind of crash course in like how to schedule a shoot by location and also by the actors you need and trying to kind of balance those two things and getting coverage when we would have like six hours. We have six hours in this restaurant and we have like three actors in this scene we want to get coverage. We want to sort of, the other thing is that we did a lot of like fun camera work because depending on where we were in the story, the camera angle would change, the lens would change. There was a lot of complicated things we built into it that I'm glad we did, but it was a learning experience, right? Because it ate into our days and it meant we had to cut some of our shot list. And um, it was a, re and also just like getting the performances I wanted and having that limited time and having so many actors to watch at once. Um, I learned a lot about working with actors. I think they were all wonderful. They were all different. They had different energies. Um, and some of them were really great at like improvising and really would try and do that a lot and some not at all. And so it was like balancing those things. And also for me as a director, always trying to stay true to Kelsey's words as the writer. Um, and so it was just a whole learning experience <laughs> overall, I would say. <laughs> Well, that's so interesting because for Jason and I, we're working primarily with actors mm. and actors are told to make their own work. And so how do you do that? You're an actor. Well, now you have to become a writer. You have to become a director. You have to become a producer. You have to become all these things or find somebody else that can do those things. Um, and uh, the impetus obviously usually is to further their career as an actor, not further their career as a writer, not further mm. their career as a director. Um, where you are coming from, uh, I'm sure you, you both have your primary goal, uh, wh what you want to accomplish in your career. Um, how it's, it seems like it's just more natural for a writer to also be a director to also maybe be a, someone who learns and understands cinematography and uh, all these all these roles seem to work together a little bit better uh, and, and there's a little bit more overlap. So the question is, was it your goal from the very beginning to kind of make your own work? Uh, or because meanwhile, you also want to follow some sort of path in the industry within that chosen primary path. 
I don't know if this is making much sense, uh, but the question is, did you have a plan when you started making your own work for how that would help you accomplish your goal career-wise? Yeah, I think that it's complicated because I think that the system that exists is, is one that's really built on bias. It's built on privilege. It's built on pre-existing access. You know, a lot of like our biggest directors now are the kids and grandkids of some of the biggest directors, you know, 50 years ago. And so it's, it is, it's hard to break in, right? Like there's a path that you can follow. You can go to Los Angeles. You can try and get into the studio system as like an assistant of an assistant and, or a writer's assistant or just grabbing coffee for various people and work your way up and then eventually maybe get you this ability to maybe be like a director, which for me is what I want to do, but I also am very interested in TV and show running and all of that. Um, and I think that's also in the system, you kind of have to pick one and then like you get to a point and then you can do other things, but you have to follow one track. Um, but who gets to really work their way up is so built on bias. I mean, let's be real. It is like straight says white men. That's like, that's who it's for. And then occasionally other people get to kind of break in through a whole bunch of hustling and, and connections and, and years and years and years. And in that time, so much of their talent is given to other things that maybe they don't get credit for and maybe just gets shelved. And that just wasn't appealing to me. That didn't make sense to me. I have so many stories to tell. I have, uh, I have the privilege, I would say, of like, I'm, I, I just turned 31. So like I was in school, you know, just as we met in 2010 and just as the internet was becoming a way to find people who could be an audience, you know? And so I was being taught one thing, but seeing something very different, right? Which is that you can find pockets of people online who really want to see what you want to make and you can make content through them and for them ultimately. And, and so I felt like I can build an audience and get some momentum behind my work and just keep growing that, keep like, you know, building a portfolio of work that is my voice and is my vision. And then maybe one day like make a lateral move, but not kind of wait to be picked, which is what I think you're taught to do. Um, and so that, that it is sort of like trying to keep my, my, you know, one foot like directed that way, but, really just be moving in my own direction. That's how I feel. And I think that that is what I, like, I find so much more fulfilling and creatively fulfilling than trying to work my way up in a system that just wasn't built for me and is very broken really at the end of the day. Excellent answer. Thank you. <laughs> that was uh, an incredibly eloquent and clear and concise answer. I wish I could ask questions nearly that well. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey, uh, for you, what was your primary goal kind of coming out of school? What, what, what was that career path that you saw? Because, you know, it sounded like you didn't consider yourself a writer. You didn't have a lot of experience as a writer, but you were a great writer. And so you were writing. Uh, did you think coming out of school that you wanted to follow the path of a writer primarily? No. I mean, I feel like because I met Christina, like all of these great things, and I... I feel like if we hadn't met, I mean, I really don't know 
what I would be doing right now. Um, I would definitely be writing because I have always been writing and it's like a creative outlet. I think that's how most creative people feel. It's, it's like their therapy. Um, but I grew up in Switzerland where um, like the arts are very, or at least when I grew up, they were like, kind of like looked down on, they're like, oh, you're never going to make money. Like that's a fun hobby. So my idea of a career was definitely to make money and to be creative on the side. And I think that has changed a lot through over the, like throughout the years, but it's, it's still hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to be like, oh, let me fully commit to this thing that brings me so much joy. Um, and just like take a leap of faith. That's not something I'm very comfortable doing. But that's why it's great to have a collective or, or for me, it's like obviously Christina and our writing partner, Ryan, who, who, um, you know, continue to, to make me be better, to want, make me want to be better and, and ask for more. Um, and I, I think one of your questions is also like, I think right now I am a creative director at a, a mental health nonprofit and the work that we've done um, creatively have has definitely helped me get to the career I have right now. That's great. I guess if you could, both could think about uh, in four actors, what would you say would be the benefit for them to create their own work? Because you're talking about the b value of artistic expression in and of itself not a career path necessarily. Um, Christina, you're talking about how the goals that you have, again, aren't primarily about the career. It's about changing the way the system works in, in a mm -hmm. way. Um, as an actor, if, if I'm thinking I want to work as an actor, I'm going to make myself that's going to help me do that. It sounds like you'd say that there's lots of other benefits to, to making your own work anyway. Yeah. But, um, what would you say would be the biggest benefits uh, for, for an actor who might not think that's, that's not what I want to get involved in? Uh, how could you change their minds? You know, I think, I imagine being an actor, it is still very much about the passion, right? About playing characters and embodying uh, a role. Um, and so one thing that I would say is like, I don't do it all on my own, right? I'm not wearing every single hat. I have collaborators who are experts in specific areas. I have a cinematographer who, you know, they bring their own vision and creativity to it. I have a composer that I collaborate with. I have a whole bunch of other people that fill roles. And obviously Kelsey, like she, I couldn't do it without Kelsey. We work very closely together. And so for one thing, it's like making your own work doesn't mean that you have to just like wear all the hats and do it all and learn all these skills that are not, what you're passionate about. It means that you need to make some connections with people who want to fill those roles and want to tell the same kind of stories that you do, which is really where I am able to make a lot of work because I do, Kelsey and I collaborate a lot together. I also make a lot of my own shorts. Um, and it is very much about finding people who are very passionate about those same stories, who want to explore kind of the same themes right now or they want to you know try their hand at a similar genre that I want to right now it is about finding collaborators um, and also I think that really 
it's, I am, I often think about if I were an actor, and I'm, I'm not an actor, but as someone who is uh, of like mixed ethnicities, I don't, I personally don't look the, like the background that I actually am. Uh, I look like, like my mother is, is Indo-Trinidadian and my father is Italian. Um, most people think that I'm Latinx or like Persian or something in, in that realm. Um, so I often think about like, what would I audition for <laughs> that I would feel ethically okay with? Because I would not feel okay taking up a role that is not my background. Um, but then there is nothing casting me except for like commercials looking for ethnically ambiguous people. <laughs> but there's no like family drama that has like my mix, you know, there's, there aren't many roles for, for me. And so I often think about like, what would I do if I was an actor and how could I possibly get cast in the kind of roles that I wanted to play if I didn't make my own stuff? And so I think that there, that's a layer there. It's like, who do you want to play and what are they casting for? Because if they're not casting for the roles that you want to play, and especially I think anything that can be like uh, stereotypical, so like queer roles and obviously people of color and women where it's like you're so often the the love interest of a male narrative, I feel like creating your own work gives you autonomy to tell the stories and play the roles that you want to play. And, and again, it doesn't have to be you doing everything from the ground up. It could start with just like, this is the role that I want to play. Uh, the story that it exists in can be someone else's. Let me find a writer who has a story where I can exist in, in the way that I want to exist in it. Or let me find a director who wants to bring this script that I have to life because it, it challenges them in the ways that they want to be challenged as a director right now. But I think for me, it's like everyone who works on a film or, or a series or, or any kind of creative project in this space has a set, should have a sense of ownership because we're all putting our talent into it. Um, and, and that's how I like to work where everyone kind of puts a piece of themselves and it's not just mine, it's ours, right? And I think that as an actor that you have that ability to like grow that from the ground up by making your own work. Absolutely. That's right. And during and, um, a component of our uh, mission to help actors and how we do it is um, very often we're helping them um, in normal times. Um, we're, we're assisting them in crowdfunding. Uh, I know you work at Seed and Spark, and I'm, I just wanted to get um, a take from you on what is it like right now with what we're what we're experiencing in the world. How how has um, Stephen Sparks' mission sort of tried to morph or to address things that are going on right now about asking people for money at a time when uh, it's a little precarious? Yeah, honestly, it's hard. Uh, you know, crowdfunding has slowed down significantly. That's something that we've seen, understandably so. You know, first it's like COVID, people are out of work and, you, and even the filmmakers themselves are out of work. So a lot of projects that maybe you plan to make this year, you just have to prioritize paying your bills. And also like, we're not shooting anything in 2020 because we just don't feel like we could do it safely with our limited budgets. And so, so that's a factor. But then also asking people for money when they're struggling or right now in this particular moment when there are like, uh, you know, protester resources and bail funds and mutual aid to be contributing to. It is very hard. It's harder than normally, I would say. There's always that layer of like, 
trying to frame crowdfunding and that ask as asking people to join you in making something because there's always going to be things in, that they should and could be donating to as well. You know, so there is always that balancing act, but it's really especially hard right now. Um, and so for me, what, what I'm seeing and what we're kind of advising filmmakers to do in the crowdfunding space is think about if you're going to crowdfund, focus on paying people. So it's like you're creating jobs for people that are out of work right now. That's like, you should be doing it. And kind of like, if you're not, then why are you crowdfunding? Because that's like the main, for me, the main reason um, why anyone should be asking for money is to give people a living wage right now if they can. Um, but also if you're making anything that's like timely or responsive to the moment, um, that I think we're seeing that quite a bit. And I think that that it makes sense and is a way that you can, you can sort of navigate that space. So like if you have a story that maybe isn't responsive to the moment, but could be, you know, maybe that's a direction to go in. And that's really kind of the only thing that we're seeing on our platform anyway, is a lot of like social justice pieces, a lot of documentaries. Um, there are some that are, that are like, satires or kind of dark comedies, but they're very much coming from the lenses of marginalized people. So, so it is, you know, um, it is kind of like shifting the narrative in terms of who can be telling stories right now and who should be telling stories right now. Um, but honestly, I think that I just sort of, rec I don't recommend anyone crowdfund just because it's just the timing is too hard. Another thing actually that we have, um, kind of created as like a, an idea that we've seen a couple of people do is, let's say that you are out of work, you're a freelancer, you can't really make a living right now. Um, and you have creative ideas that you want to explore and you need to pay your rent. <laughs> we have kind of said like, what if you ran a campaign that is like an artist residency for yourself? So you're instead of going away somewhere to concentrate on writing you're staying in your apartment and you're getting your rent paid for so that you don't have to take on jobs to pay that and worry about that and you can use this time to focus on your art and it's like asking people to fund that fellowship for yourself um and we've seen a few people do that and it actually has been very effective and instead that's something that maybe is worth exploring um, and, and like, and it's legit, right? Because ideally you would be giving yourself the mental space to actually be an artist and come out on the other side of it with like some pages written or a new idea or, you know, a, a, an outline, something, right? I love that creativity, um, coming to aid, like in, yeah. a really, in the ultimate creative uh, way. Um, before we let you go, I want, I want to ask you both about IndieWorks um how it came to be uh, i think we have um eight more minutes um uh uh how indie works came to be and how you guys work together on building the community that you have sure i i feel like i'm doing all the talking um but but i guess i should take this one because it is kind of my <laughs> baby um i i have a tendency to go to kelsey with ideas that are just like I have this thing that I want to do and then 
she just sort of jumps on board. With and then Kelsey, you become like a sound. Kelsey, you become a sounding board and try to like motivate to. Get Usually, they're already like where they need to be, and I'm like, "What do you need me to do? I'm, I'm there." Yeah. You get to say yes. Do it. Exactly. That's so important. Nice. That's important. Yeah. So IndieWorks came out of uh, in 2013, very big year for us. We made a feature web series, and we started IndieWorks. Um, because my, I had a short that was screening at a lot of local festivals, I found that they were, some of them were wonderful, but a lot of them were just like charging a lot at the door for basically, you know, casting crew and friends and family to come watch these films. Some of them even had headcount demands. And it was just like a two hour lineup of a bunch of films mashed together. And then you would get on the stage and it would just be like an assembly line of like, what inspired you to make this? And then like, great, okay, sit down and that's the end of the night. And it wasn't like an experience, right? And, and I really missed um, the feeling of being in school where you really like talked about the nuances of the craft and, and the intentions behind each individual piece. I really loved, you know, hearing from my peers and connecting with my peers. And so I presented this idea of like, what if we do a screening that's every month, we screen just like, five films so it you know keeps it tight and there's room to really talk about them and it's free to attend so casting crew can come they don't have to pay to see the movie they worked on and uh it's also like a networking event because it's at a bar and there's just like you know a projector and a screen and people can come in and watch and listen to the, these really in-depth q a's and then stick around and mingle and grab drinks and exchange business cards and we tried it out. Uh, it's, it was originally in the Lower East Side and then we moved a few times because that venue shut down after, in our third year and then we ended up in Long Island City and now we're, we're pretty much in that general area but slightly deeper into Queens. Um, and, and really it, it, what it has continued to be is a space for local filmmakers to come and meet each other and just sort of see what what their peers are working on. Um, and and I, I personally really love it as a filmmaker who gets to watch work constantly, regularly. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me thinking about the stories I wanna tell. It inspires me, um, but also it's a great way for us like to connect with other filmmakers and actors, especially because we find sometimes a lot of our recent projects we've cast through actors we've seen in films that we screened at IndieWorks because it's like, oh, I really like their performance in that. And they showed up to a screening and seemed really cool. Let me look them up and find them on social media. Um, but the, the thing that's been really lovely is that people who screen together, because we program through themes, so every month has like a slightly different theme to it. Um, filmmakers who screen together in you know year three have come back in year six with a film they made together that they met that night and it's been a pretty regular thing we've seen now that we're seven years in um, that a lot of the films that we get submitted now are partnerships and collaborations between people that met at earlier years uh, and so it's sort of like a, a we have a core group of people i feel like regulars who tend to come every month and then it's different filmmakers usually so um, there's always newbies, you know, there's always a nice group of newbies that also are in the door. Um, and, and, you know, we're on hiatus right now because we can't with, with COVID. And so it's been a little sad because it's also the thing that keeps all of our main collaborators getting together every month. We, you know, we have our own, it's like our movie night of the month in a way. Um, and we haven't had that. 
but uh, you know, once COVID passes and being inside again is safe, uh, we would definitely plan to get back to it. And Kelsey is, is she's sort of a variety of hats, um, helps program, is our photographer of the night always. Uh, and generally it's, it's me, her, and Ryan, who is um, someone we also met in that same class way back when we the three of us like we program together and we tend to make a lot of the decisions about how to run things and then we have a couple of other collaborators who are our hosts of the night and a videographer so that we can put out videos of the q a's after um and, and that's sort of a, a core team of seven of us well i really wish we had more time because <laughs> i have a lot more questions you guys are doing some really amazing things and uh, are very thoughtful about it as well. Um, we have um, maybe a minute, so I don't want to start into another question before we get cut off here. Um, but if there's anything you guys want to share with us that, that when we do share this video, if you want to email us anything else, um, you know, we will film an intro and an, and an outro for this as well. At some point, we can include it in the intro or the outro. Uh, so it was very nice to meet both of you. Thank you so much for taking your time to, I think the things you've said have um, been really, it's, hopefully will be inspiring to people um, to keep um, creating, keep creating. And um, we'll all be back together again soon. Yeah. And I hope to see you both soon to give you a hug. And thank yeah. you. For <laughs> Thanks so much. I love that they're so passionate about creating and connecting and not just working in this industry, but reimagining what it can look like. Yeah, and I love that their collaboration is so organic and that they really seem to fuel each other to be better artists. Please check out Kelsey and Christina's website, which includes a link to their latest release. You can see it at congestedcat.com affliction. And thanks for joining us. To learn more about Make Your Show, to sign up for our newsletter, or to connect with us on social media, just go to our website, which is makeyourshow.tv.